All right, Bitcoin accumulation country. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Check them out for all your 3D printing needs. And today I've got Bitcoiner and Pleb, creator of Hoddle.cam Mutatrum or Mutatrum. I don't remember how to pronounce it right. Anyways, hope I got one of those right. Anyways, we're going to dive right into it. Here is my chat with Mutatrum. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus, and joining me today is a fellow Bitcoin plebe um, who created and hosts this awesome website that tracks one of the things it tracks is the sats per dollar uh it's called hodl.camp and the guest that is joining me today is mutatrum or mutatrum i i don't know how to pronounce it i hope i didn't kill it thank you so much for coming on my show thank you for having me i'm not sure how to pronounce it either i prefer the second one i think okay mutatrum very cool um yeah, so, um, okay, before we dive into to hodl.camp, and before we even start off with, with your rabbit hole story, what what does what does your name mean? <laughs> Muta- Muta- what does it mean? <laughs> um, well, it's, it started as, a, as sort of a, a project code name. Uh, we'll probably come to that later, but it's, cool. I think, something like Changeling in Latin. I try to I try to name stuff. So yeah, if I have a new laptop or a new something device or something, I I try to find a oh I, meaningful name to it. Man, I like that. Of it. Yeah, and it just stuck around. And at some point, I made a Twitter profile next to my normal lab profile, and I, the name just stuck. And it's uh, well, that's what it is now. I, I love it. I feel like it's a I feel like it's a transformer. I'm a child of the '80s, and I you know if I would have seen a transformer like that on TV, I probably would have wanted it. You know, it's got a cool not, not a bad picture. It's a cool name. You know, it's a cool name. Yeah. It's a cool picture. Anyways, okay, it um, that that's awesome stuff, and we're gonna dive right in right now to the rabbit hole story, man. So look, it's your first time on the podcast, and uh, I just want to know. Um, Whatever you're willing to share, uh, where were you before Bitcoin, and how did you find it, my friend? Um, before Bitcoin, I was a software developer. Um, I uh, started with uh, uh, artificial intelligence in the 80s, oh my uh, God. 90s. Not, I'm not that old, 90s. Um, and basically, straight out of university, started with a software development job. Did some well, run-of-the-mill stuff, and after close to a decade, I uh, got headhunted into a financial trading company, so a, a, a prop trading office cool. as a software developer. And I spent uh, almost also a decade in that office, and while I was there, um, I can't really remember how I encountered Bitcoin. I must have read about it, but I was always building small stuff, uh, small projects in in the evening or in, in on a day off. And at some point, I found that basically you can sign up for an uh, for an exchange, you can get an, an API key and start programming uh, against the exchange. And that's basically what I did, or that what the company did uh, with uh, uh, during the day. Um, 
but then with stocks and options and all the, the traditional finding stuff, but it's really hard to get uh, access to that, that kind of uh, trading platforms as an as a individual. Before uh, a crypto exchange or Bitcoin exchange, that, that was really easy, especially there was what this uh, 2013. So there was hardly any KYC. So it's, it was easier than getting an email. Um, oh, and wow. I sort of just started, I started programming against uh, an exchange just as a fun project to see what happens. And I, um, I actually bought my first small sliver of Bitcoin back then and uh, gave the Bitcoin to, to a trading program and it started uh, trading and it was just a, a fun side project. That's... And well, it, initially it, it didn't do much. I mean, it, it, sometimes it made a little bit of profit, a few cents here, a few, maybe a, a euro there, but nothing big until after maybe something like half a year or nine months, it, it found a niche somewhere and it, and it made uh, uh, quite a big trade all of a sudden. <laughs> sort of, like if I can, that's sort of, uh, how did you say that? Got, got chills on my spine basically, because it's so, I, I started with something like 60 euros and suddenly the thing had uh, uh, some, somewhere in the order of a thousand euros to get it traded up to. Oh my gosh. This is crazy. Yeah, no, yeah, that was crazy, and it it it, it, <laughs> it was totally unexpected and totally not. Basically, I was just building it for just for fun, just to see how it works, and um, but it was I think there was a, a, a lucky lucky hit or something. So uh, someone else maybe fat fingered something, or I don't, I don't even know exactly what happens because I didn't have any proper logging, so it just did a trade and it well. Suddenly, my balance was was bigger, um, and I basically I, I continued working on that that project as in the in the evening as a, basically as a moonlight project, and slowly I mean this is now eight years ago something like in the eight years I've I've moved over to uh, multiple exchanges and a few years back basically sort of took a gamble. Uh, it started ramping up because I've, I've expanded to more exchanges and more exchanges to be somewhat of a uh, steady income stream. Not not uh, not even close to where I, I was with my normal day job. Um, but at some point I made a decision, okay, maybe this is going somewhere. Maybe if I can invest more time in it, then it can actually replace my normie job. And that can... Uh, free a lot of time for me to do actual meaningful things. I mean, my normal job was uh, in a, in a, what do you call that? A, 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 a trading firm that only trades in private money. So the, the owner of the company has a bag of money. They employ a lot of people. And the only reason for the trading is to make more money so they can pay the employees and get the owner more money. So there's no client interaction. So there's no nothing beneficial for the world i know I exactly what you mean yeah <laughs> it's just economic activity yeah yeah for exactly the sake that. of economic and activity yeah <laughs> and initially it, it was it was super interesting because it's cutting edge and it's really difficult and it's it's if if you're not the best or uh, uh maybe top two of companies then then 
well, then it doesn't matter what you do because then you're not, you can better stop. So from a technical point of view, it was very interesting and challenging, but for a, well, let's do something beneficial for the world. It's, it wasn't basically. Um, so with my own project on the back burner, it's, it, it's grew more and more into something that could replace my normal job. And that's what I did uh, several, uh, two, two years ago, probably. I'll track time a bit, because the time is weird now anyway, but I think it's two years now. And that, that basically freed time for me to, to build other stuff. I was um, getting rid of all the, all the shit coinery uh, 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 <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Uh, because I was uh, because of the, the I spent more time in it more more studying, I learned more about how Bitcoin works and what that exactly is, and I'm, I'm still learning. Um, so over the years, that uh, it solidified the, the the idea that okay, it's it's only Bitcoin, um, and the rest is just well for me it's uh, basically a trading vehicle uh, that that's provides some sort of, some sort of irregular income that makes me able to do well the other stuff I'm trying to do so build stuff for Bitcoin uh, uh, share knowledge make visualizations that help people maybe understand it better as well man so that's, that's sort of my um, my rabbit hole story I love it I absolutely love it. And I want to go back to something that you said, okay? So, okay, yeah. um, without without divulging your age, okay, but I, I'm in I, I'm in my 40s, so I feel like I'm a little bit closer to you because you explained that you were a software dev in the 80s and 90s. So, yeah. okay. Uh, that's probably fairly close then. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, I am totally curious because what did AI look like in the 80s and 90s? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a bit of a segue. So okay, <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, no. That's I, I was thinking about that earlier today, uh, and I forgot about this this bit because it's it's fairly interesting uh, to think back to. So basically, when I did, I studied artificial intelligence, the so the best commercial uh, application of artificial intelligence was the. Uh, uh, Hoover, sort of vacuum cleaner that can run around in a room by itself. Oh yeah, like iRobot. Yeah, but then not without radar or all the fancy stuff they have nowadays. Okay. That that was basically the the the, the well. For for the normal people, that was the, the the best commercial application. And when I studied, there was still a really big separation between hard artificial intelligence and soft artificial intelligence. Intelligence. And then the 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 first one is uh, throw as much computational power into a problem that you have and see basically what sticks. So with uh, neural networks, were just coming up and stuff like that. Uh, and the other one, the, the soft artificial intelligence, was more modeling the the IP or the the, the I say that knowledge trees, stuff like that. So uh, um, inference. Uh, inference logic, and it was back then. It wasn't decided which one of the two would win, and huh. now it's fairly clear that because of all the computational power, you can just 
throw uh, an, an Amazon uh, a warehouse against it or a, a data center against it, and you can compute anything. So that's now cle clearly the vector of artificial intelligence with with all the increase in, in computing speed and efficiency. You can build neural networks. Uh, and I mean, I've, I've lost track. I'm, I'm reading stuff on it, so I sort of keep up to date, but I don't know all the details anymore because I'm not doing anything with artificial intelligence. No, no worries. But it's clear that uh, all the, the computational power is so big now that's and it was completely unclear back then that it would go that way. In hindsight, it's very obvious, but not, as far as I can remember, no one had a clear idea of, well, yeah, computer's going to be a, a million times faster in the future. So even though the neural network doesn't do anything now, because we can't compute it, this will be it. And it's sort of caught up by time. Is and now everything is uh, computational power. So I have a question for you because you're talking about computational power and it's making me think, so is, is Bitcoin like part of this AI theme, do you think? Like, is this like, I don't know if like Bitcoin is like a product of, of AI or I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's making it's, me think how this think fits into a, it, you know? I think it's a product of, of improved efficiency. I mean, it's, it's totally possible to have a to be part of the Bitcoin network with, I don't know, with, with hundred dollars of hardware. And that's, uh, that was completely unthinkable back then. I mean, you, you, yeah. you need a fairly big bit of hardware to be, just be able to process blocks. I mean, mining is a different, different aspect because that's, well, it's just economic, uh, forcing function to, to build faster chips there. And mining is adaptive. So even if if you could only have if Raspberry Pis were the the, the the fastest machines, then mining would would be done on Raspberry Pis. But well, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I, it's really interesting to see a, a, a hundred dollar hardware basically uh, operating in the Bitcoin in the Bitcoin network and be ninety nine percent idle, just doing occasional calculations. And that was. 30, 30 years ago, that, was a, that would have been state-of-the-art hardware, basically. That is a very good point. I never even thought of that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess I, I'm going to keep prying into your story because I find it so interesting. But so, okay, so in you were, intre you, you were doing AI in 80s and 90s, but it sounds like you pivoted away from AI or it seems like you, yeah. you took your AI knowledge and applied it in the trading company. That, that you were that, that you worked at no no not really no, no basically I think um, the, the the cycle of artificial intelligence is, is a bit similar to uh, and that happened in the same era is uh, with uh, virtual reality so there was a whole hype cycle uh, there might have been one before that actually but there was a whole hype cycle uh, VR is going to be the, the next best thing in in the 90s basically. But the computing power wasn't there, and yep. that one also uh, veered up again. I mean, I don't know if it's. I think artificial intelligence goes will go a lot further than VR. Um, but basically, when I finished study, that that hype cycle sort of imploded. So there were there were just hardly any any jobs 
to point to apply that that the, uh, the artificial intelligence stuff do. I mean, there was no company building anything, no company uh, researching stuff. So, well, until it was a, it was a fairly technical study. So I, I did a lot of software development or uh, computer science stuff. So basically, I I just joined the uh, uh, well a body shop that rent out people to build software. That's very cool. I want to go back to something you just said, though, about VR, okay? Because I, I have to tell you, so I was a, so growing up, I, I was born in 1979. So I was, you know what I mean? Like, pretty much like 10 years old in 1990, 11 years old, right? So, yeah. you know, I was at that very impressionable age. And VR was the coolest idea ever. And it was so, like you said, incredibly disappointing. That, yeah. that to be honest, okay, it, I got turned off from it completely. And I was like, this'll never work. This is crap. Okay. Yeah. Like for real, like, because you're absolutely right. You know, we did not have the graphics processing power that we have today. You know, we didn't have the, obviously the, you know, the CPU power, which I know the CPU power doesn't matter so much in VR anymore as much as the GPU. But the point is, is that the infrastructure wasn't there. The processing power wasn't there. And therefore the experience was, it kind of felt like, you know, it's like you were having this, like de this derivative experience of what VR should be. And I think to a certain extent, I have an Oculus two right now, and I think it's really yeah. cool. And I know that we've gotten a lot closer and I love it. I, I, I totally love it. Use it every single day. It's totally fun. But I, I know that we're still having a derivative experience of what VR will be. And, and yeah. it's funny that you said that AI is going to be bigger than VR. Um, I kind of think that they're both going to work together and just somehow build this whole new reality because VR is a really cool place. I mean... I, I yeah, you know, like I, I think like I, I just, you know, just going through it and playing games and the feeling that you have in a like, let's say in a virtual reality game versus playing something like on your PlayStation or whatever it is. It's totally different. The immersive experience is something really incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it's quickly almost too much. And then that you get so disconnected uh, from from your real environment, I find it sometimes a bit disconcerting if you step out of it, as in as as, the, as if you've been through a black hole uh, into well, that's basically what happens. But you're complete. Uh, you're no longer in the room where you are. It's true. And it's sometimes if you if you then take off the thing, then that's that really it takes a few seconds to basically process that you didn't actually move from your room, from your house, from you've been in the same location for sometimes even four hours. <laughs> and then you sort of trans uh, teleported back into the room and, and realize, oh, wow, there was completely, I was completely somewhere else. Exactly. I also, yeah. I also had this and I found that, I mean, games is, is one thing. I've, I've joined in uh, with the uh, um, VR uh, uh, conferences from, uh, from Uri. Uh, several times and even being there is really weird because or not not really weird is the wrong word but if you have the the, the, the aftermath after the after the presentation then people well as in real life just hang around and talk 
And it's so weird because you can be talking to a, a, a person that looks like Mickey Mouse, but because <laughs> Mickey Mouse is controlled by a, a real human, it's, it immediately clicks in your mind that it is actually a real human. And it can, it can look like anything because, but because of the motion of the arms and the motion of the head and the audio is there, your brain just says, tells you, hey, this is a human, that's fine. And it doesn't even matter how it looks. And it's totally, totally convincing if you're just in a room with people and having a conversation about what you just learned about whatever the subject was. And that, that's really powerful. I think that's even more powerful than, than the gaming aspect of it. I totally agree. I think that's so cool. Oh my gosh. It's, it's surreal. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go off a bit more into the weeds, but um, okay. Did you ever happen to see the movie A Scanner Darkly? Have you ever heard of it? Mm. It's... No. Anyways, it's a very obscure movie. Uh, it's kind of like a cartoon, okay? And essentially, like, um, the, the police officers, I'm not going to go into, like, this whole long tangent, but essentially, the police officers put on, uh, and, and sorry, detectives, okay? When they go to work, they put on these holographic suits, okay, that make it yeah. impossible for anyone to identify who they are. Like they, they have essentially, they have like their eyes keep shifting, their heads keep shifting. It's like they're constantly shifting. So you can never really tell what this person looks like in, in a way, like they're never really that it's really strange. Um, anyways, you just, you just made me think of that because that, you know, that aspect of it, it kind of made me think like, because in a future, right, where I guess you'd say, like, justice is blind or whatever it is, like, you wouldn't even know it if your neighbor was a detective because they would put on one of these type of holographic suits. And I think that this type of idea is enabled by virtual reality. So that's why I'm going on this tangent. Anyways. That, that sounds really scary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really crazy. It's it's a really, really weird movie. Uh, anyways. Uh, uh, okay, we're, we're going to go now and dive into... Um, so you host a, uh, or, or I shouldn't say you host, but you, you created and maintain a site called hodl.camp. Um, what, I mean, just explain to the listeners, like, what does this site do? I, I love it, by the way. I think it's super cool. And we're actually going to feature it on uh, the uh, Simply Bitcoin YouTube channel for the websites by Plebes. Oh. Yeah, I totally love it. So yeah, we're going to do that this week. Um, but I tell every plebs, by the way, not plebs. It's plebs. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're probably right. I'm terrible. I always say plebs. Okay, plebs. But uh, say whatever you uh, say. Whatever it doesn't matter. But I'll, I'll say pleb. You said plebs. But I think you're right, though. I just can't stop it. It's a bad habit. Um, but yeah, tell everyone about what what is Hoddle.camp and what inspired you to to make this website. Um. So basically, what it is, uh, well, it's a it's a, it's a visualization. So that's that's maybe a bit difficult to, to convey on the podcast, but it's a visualization or a heat map. Yeah. Um, between uh, so based on the on uh, only on the single price of Bitcoin uh, on a single day, and it plots all the all the past prices against uh, uh, against each other. So basically, you see on a, a big square or a half uh, a triangle, basically, what happened if you uh, uh, got into Bitcoin on a certain day and uh, got bit, got out of Bitcoin on a certain day. 
And basically, if the, the second price is higher, it's green. And if the second price is lower, it's red. And I can't really, same as with the, with the, the, the trading stuff, I really can't remember what the inspiration was. My, my memory is sort of hazy, but I was just playing around with with generating images and, and at some point uh, a heat map came out of what I was playing with. And it, it I shared it somewhere else and people sort of found it interesting. And I, I, I've, I've, I tried to fine tune it a bit and make it into a web website. And the first time I showed it to someone in, in real life, I noticed that uh, because if you plot everything against each other, and if the the, the second date is uh, is a higher price than the first date, then it's green. And then that the effect of that is that basically somewhere something like ninety five percent of all possible buy and sell dates are green, are in profit. And there's only uh, basically three small drawbacks on this immense graph that show red. And the second thing it showed that if you wait long enough, then every red bit will turn green in the end. Yes, that's and exactly what I'm noticing. Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, I, what I, when I make something like this or with anything, anything I've, I've learned in my job that if you want to see if it works, then you should just, put uh, the user in front of it and just watch what that person is doing without telling anything. I mean, if someone finds your website or finds your, your product, you're not there to give an explanation. So you can, I've, I've, I just don't say anything and, and tell them I've made something of, uh, that that's uh, Bitcoin related because people were interested and I, I just show them. And it took a while because it's very information dense. So not everyone gets it, but the first person I showed it, basically within 10 seconds, I sort of hear something click in his mind, in his brain, and he completely got the idea of, okay, so basically you always have to wait several years and then it's fine. And the second thing that he realized is, so there is no bad entry point, basically. Even locally, it might seem like a bad entry point, but if you wait, it won't be. I love and, it. And that was sort of a, a, well, vindication is a bit of a heavy word, but it's sort of a realization that, that uh, people learn, on, learn or digest information on different ways. And some people are very visual um, and some people, and they get it immediately. Some people are not visually, in, visually and they never get it. So from this one, I, I started trying to make just different ways of showing basically the same data. And the, the heat map is, is basically the first one. And then after that, it took a while to, to make more and more. But I'm trying to find different ways of conveying the, the same image. So there's no bad time to enter. Um, you just have to be patient. Uh, and in the end, uh, well, I hope it, it will it will continue uh, by the look of it it will um but that's that's basically the idea behind the website try to make visualizations that that help in getting the message across 
we are going to put a link to this website in the show notes. And I have to say, I'm all the way at the bottom of it right now. I'm looking at like the 2021 section and I swear to God, it's like, it, it, it's exactly what you said. It's like these sections get smaller and smaller and they just get replaced by green. Yeah. So it's, it, it can take a long time. I mean, it yeah, can it could take, take a uh, while. Three years. Yeah. But still, yeah. I mean, that's that's really crazy. Now, another part of this website I noticed, which I, it's actually my, uh, to me, it's my favorite visualization, is your sats per dollar. Okay? Yes. Yeah, that is really crazy. I don't think people realize, okay? I remember, and I know there's, I mean, you got into Bitcoin way before me, but I remember getting like 45,000 sats per dollar. I remember getting yeah. 15,000 sats per dollar, and I was okay with those prices. We are now getting, as of right now, 1,718 sats per dollar. Yeah. This is really crazy. The, the, the first time I bought Bitcoin, I bought a tenth of a Bitcoin, so 10 million sats for something like 50 euros. Oh, oh that, my god. Is it, $70? Yeah. Oh my god. And it even dipped. It, it dipped quite a lot after that. It, it, it went all the way down to, I think, 200, 200 euros or dollars. Can't remember the numbers exactly. But. Oh, yeah. But this is, this is really wonderful. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, what, I guess, you know, what other, uh, do you have any other projects on the horizon? Too many almost. <laughs> <laughs> too many <laughs> well do you have any that, that that you want to share with with the listeners yeah yeah, I should say. yeah, yeah. cool so uh um basically when i the, the whole idea of uh, uh, uh stopping with the normie job which which from an economical point of view it wasn't it's not the most sound decision i mean most people should just keep on working if you have a uh, paying job just keep on working tax cuts yep that's what i do uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the, 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 the smart choice. Um, I, I found a small niche with, uh, because of my background with, with the trading stuff that, that helps me um, get a bit more free time. And the moment I sort of made a decision of actually quitting the normie job and deciding, okay, now I'm gonna, I can spend basically all my time on building stuff for Bitcoin. It took, uh, quite a while to sort of get used to the idea of, okay, but so I'm, I'm chasing, uh, the dog is chasing the bus and now I, I caught the bus and now now what? Um, so That's I'm, true. So the visualization is it's one bit and I've, I, I have uh, several others in the, in the works as well. I'm, I'm also trying to build stuff with hardware. Um, I have a, a, a small prototype on my desk of a, a hardware version of the Pet per dollar thing. Cool. So it's a it's a it's a it's a small uh, what is it Raspberry Pi Zero, so the smallest one attached to a, a small color screen. Excellent. And that's that's been sitting on my desk uh, basically sort of a, as a burn-in test for the last uh, month or two now. You're gonna make a case. Um, you're gonna make a case for it. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's 
surprisingly difficult to. I know. <laughs> I have a, I have a three D printer. It's not yeah, as easy as it seems. As well, but it's it's to, to be able to envision how that could work and how, where do the how do the screw holes work then and stuff like that and how you connect a, a thing to it. So that's. I mean, I've, I've, uh, a long, long time ago, I've, I've worked with hardware and I've, I've programmed assembly on microprocessors. So uh, the, the knowledge and uh, and also built actual actual hardware, but it's a long time ago. So the knowledge is there somewhere. But adding the complexity of, of okay, how does a 3D printer work and what exactly can you do and what can't you do with a 3D printer? That's so, that's it's so much stuff. It's another rabbit hole in itself, basically. Oh, I totally agree. I, I spend a lot of time with the 3D printer. So, yeah. yep, I totally agree. It's it's Bitcoin 3D printing. This is all, yeah. you know, you throw in the nodes and you're just full-time everything. Yeah. So I have a I have a prototype running. I have a, a, a stack of displays uh, uh, because they had a Black Black Friday offer, so I ordered ten displays. Very and, cool. Well, still some some software to write, and the, uh, and a case to well design and print basically to see if that works. And uh, what else? Um, I just one of my my goals would be to be able to create a. Bitcoin node, uh, a full node, for in your house uh, for hundred dollars. Holy crap! I, I think it's fairly close. I mean, some stuff you have, you have to wait. I mean, storage is is, I think currently just shy of hundred dollars. Maybe if you have a good offer, maybe eighty or ninety dollars for a terabyte solid state drive. I think. So and some no some I had got one uh, not a Raspberry but a different different brand that was something like fifty dollars. So the total would be should be possible now for hundred and thirty dollars. But it seems the the actual components are not in the correct configuration. So I'm I'm playing with the idea of of making hardware to be able to do that. And it will still not be hundred dollars, but should be fairly close and small and. Oh. I'm when when you decide to release a parts list and you want to get people to test this, let me know. I will buy the parts. I will gladly test this stuff with you. I love doing stuff well, like this. Like that is super cool. I, I, I've, I've never built a whole uh, uh, PCB by myself, and, and by chance I just found uh, and was a bit surprised. I found a, a website where you can just basically as a, as a drag and drop editor build a PCB for the uh, Raspberry compute module. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. Uh, no, I'm not at all. So the, the Raspberry Pi compute module basically is a stripped down version of the Raspberry Pi. In a, in a, it's smaller and it doesn't have any connectors. It just has, a, 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 I don't know the name of the connector, but it, the idea is that you uh, attach it to a carrier board and the carrier board oh. is only the wiring in the PCB towards whatever connectors, connectors you want. So if you want USB, Ethernet, whatever, stuff like that. Oh and my god. There are some there are some carrier boards that have the bits I want, which is basically an Ethernet port and a connector for a uh, for a flash drive. But they also have a gazillion other and bits and bobs that, that I don't want. So I was playing around with it and 
it's possible to make a bare minimum uh, PCB, so the, the compute module carrier board with just Ethernet, a connector for a, uh, an SSD, and the power power plug. But I have no idea if if I can I can click the button and order uh, a few of those, but I have no idea if if those will work. So <laughs> I'm sort of out of out of my depth. I, I completely understand. I do this all the time too. I buy hardware and I'm like, all right, let's just see if this will work, you know? Yeah. I totally so understand. The, so the company now has, a, normally you pay uh, something like $2,000 of setup costs because printing a single PCB is, it's, I assume it's, it's difficult or, or complicated or expensive. So they now have an offer that they waive the, the, the setup costs if you order five of them. So I'm sort of, the, the page is open for a week now. I think I tweeted about it uh, a few days ago, or a week ago, and I still have a page open, and I can sort of tell order it or not. Can I order it? Not. I still have a few days for that offer before it runs out. <laughs> it's a bit of a gamble, but, you can but it would be fun. Then. You, you can never have too much hardware. If there's one thing I've learned, it's like I have so much extra hardware. I have like seven, eight different types of screens and stuff like that. All of them for the yeah. Raspberry Pi, the Pi Zero, stuff like that. I could, yeah. I could totally understand. Yeah, I, I, I'm. All my nodes are uh, 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 running on my desk, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven ones on my desk now. <laughs> not all, not all of them connected because I think I only have three running now, but. Whenever I see new hardware, I think, oh, that, that's interesting. Then, so then hmm. yeah, sometimes I just click the button and I get more hardware and then, yeah. I do the same. Play with it, yeah. Have you tried? So they, they, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the, so the, the, the hesitation is that uh, uh, I think the, the, the current life cycle of the, the Raspberry Pi or basically the CPUs used, they've been around for several years and I think somewhere mid this year, the next generation of the ARM chips will come and they will probably offer some better specifications. And then uh, mainly how you attach the storage. Uh, so I, I might just wait for that and then see if I can get the, the perfect Bitcoin node that can last uh, 10 years. Yeah, I, I like that, man. I like where your head's at, that this is cool, you know? Uh, it's an addiction, so help me. I trust me, I'm not the person to help because I'm also addicted. <laughs> so I, I'm, you know, at one point, what was it? Last year or the year before, I had like something like nine nodes running, and cool. yeah, you know, like it's it's just because again, it's oh, you know what? Somebody else came out with a node. All right, sure, I'm gonna go and build it like that, and then I'd find a new piece of hardware, and I'm like, you know what? I wonder how fast uh, it would be to build a node with this type of SSD drive. So I'd go, I'd buy yeah. the drive, buy another Raspberry Pi, do it all over again. And I would, yeah. and I would time the build, you know, time the blockchain download, doing all that stuff. I, yeah, man, it is such an addiction at this point. Now I have, uh, four nodes running. I've got an umbrella, a, my node, a raspy blitz an embassy. This is, this is that's what almost, that's almost all of them. Yep. Yeah, that's it. I'm missing a uh, a Ronin. Uh, I'm missing a Noddle, and I'm missing yeah. a a Dojo. And uh, uh, Nix is another one, I think. Oh wait, what's the other one? Nix. Nix. I, I have to Google it. Yeah, I don't know if I know that one. Okay, so I'm, I'm still missing a couple. But uh, man, uh, yeah, Nix. Nix Bitcoin. N N I X. 
Really? Okay, I'm going to go check it out. We're going to add it to the show notes, and that's very cool. That is very cool. Hold on a second. It's an interesting uh, interesting movement to see all, all the, uh, basically, the, the turnkey node solution coming up. And all they, they all have a different uh, philosophy and a different way of, of making it possible. But it's really interesting. There's, there's a lot of work going into that. Oh, I mean, my, my, my main node is just uh, uh, still in, in how long now? Three years running? And uh, Raspi Bolt. Oh, so yeah. A, a DIY uh, start with uh, Ubuntu or whatever. I don't, know if, I don't even know what the operating system is. Start with a blank OS and, and install everything by hand. And that's still my main Bitcoin Lightning node. That is awesome. That's the one from Staticus. Yes. Absolutely. I Man, yeah. that was my first attempt. That was, actually yeah. the, that was actually the node that taught me my limitations. Um, <laughs> because I, you know, obviously you have to do, I, I personally believe you have to know a little bit about coding uh, to be able to, you know, set that node up from scratch. Uh, or yeah. or at least know your way around a script. Um, yeah. And I just, yeah, that node taught me my limitations. And um, luckily for me, I, I was able, I found the Raspy Blitz uh, shortly after. And I was able to regain my confidence. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I, it was terrible. The Raspy Bolt, I totally failed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got I it like partially running. running. I had it like partially yeah. running. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't followed the guides anymore, but it's it now has a, a, a terminal running on it, so a lightning terminal, and run the lightning and uh, connect it with Blue Wallet with LND Hub. So it's it's very versatile if you if you can just jump in and accelerate uh, to the box and and do the stuff. And most of the most of the the, the projects or the the applications you want to install are fairly straightforward. Not all of them, but. But you, you're, you, well, if you're afraid of the command line or if, if that's throwing you off, then then that, yeah, that can be difficult. Yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes you just see errors, and then uh, then I don't know either. I don't. I'm not very good at at how do you call that uh, infrastructure of operations. So then I'm I'm googling for for a day, and then maybe I find someone else with the same problem, and then hopefully they stick around to write down the solution as well. But in the end, it, it normally works. Yeah, it does. Through trial and error, eventually you yeah. do you, you do get it. But it, it's it's running out of disk space, so that's it. It has a half a terabyte SSD in it, and I think it's close to ninety percent. Oh yeah, you... because of the blockchain. So maybe I can squeeze another half a year out of it. But then I have to transplant or move over to a new node. It's quite scary with, with lightning running on it. So I hope that, that I'm pushing it forward. Well, I'm I, don't want, I don't want to lose all my all the channels and all the all the all the setup. I mean, couldn't you just re like I mean realistically, couldn't you just copy everything to another hard drive and just stick that drive on it? Yeah. You know, and just that, that that might be the safe option, yes. Just yeah. you know, temporarily until you because I look, I, I went from my my CASA node uh, I had a, 
when I first started, uh, when Kaza first made their Kaza one, I bought one of those along with my Raspi Blitz. That was one of my several nodes. Um, and I remember at one point I had over 36 channels on that node and there was no way to back up the channels. Um, yeah. and it was brutal, man. I had to shut everything down, move everything to a new node. There's a lot of channels I wasn't able to reestablish. I couldn't find those people again. I, you know, no. so anyways, That's so yeah, you know, I, uh, definitely I would do the hard drive. Met I would look into the hard drive first <laughs> so you could just keep yeah. everything running and just yeah. have a little bit of downtime. That's all. Yeah. You know? Hey, yeah, uh, but it's, it, it can use some, some newer hardware as well. I mean, it's... it's. Uh, what, what, I don't what, know what is it a Raspberry Pi 3? Uh, no, it's an... Uh, what's it? Odroid? Oh, wow, it's, it's an Odroid. So it's a little bit more powerful than a Raspberry Pi anyways. Well, not four. No, I think it's older. I think it's the, 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 the original uh, uh, parts list from, uh, from Fatigus. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. That thing's still running. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so I might, I'll, I'll probably upgrade it to something more powerful. Because it's, it's getting getting stretched now with all the other applications that are running on top of it. And I don't know, somewhere in 50, 60 channels. So it's, it's a busy box now. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, look, you will have to upgrade it. So who knows? Maybe, maybe mm. you just, you know, rip the Band-Aid off real quick. You know, yeah. do it all in one shot. Um, scary, scary times. I, I wish you the best with that one, man. I uh, yeah, unfortunately, I have sacrificed some sats to the gods, so yeah, yeah I completely but understand. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock it off. Knock on wood. <laughs> um, man, look, this has been a super cool chat. I, I just want to, uh, I just want to know, do you have any, uh, you know, before we close out, do you have any uh, final thoughts for the listeners? Um. Don't be, be don't be scared to to jump into a terminal. Everything is learnable. It just takes time, and sometimes it's difficult, or sometimes a computer can do weird stuff. But in the end, the solution is always there. I uh, I would say so. I totally agree, man. I really agree. Mutatrum, this was really really cool, man, to have you on my podcast and to uh, to have this chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining. And if, if stuff gets released, uh, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> oh, no, it's getting released for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When? When? When uh, it's not. Not if. When it's released. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not an if. It's when. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Buddy enjoyed my chat with Mutatrum. Uh, his contact details for twitter and hodl.camp will be in the show notes if you want to reach me twitter or telegram i'm at coin icarus if you want to shoot me an email i am coin icarus at fun with thank you all for listening catch you all next time <laughs>